Hello, and we should be live on the web. I believe we are. And quickly, oh, hello, and we should be live on the web. I believe we are. And yeah, yeah, and I did it yet again. I completely forgot to mute um, <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> uh, so I had a lot of feedback in my head. Anyway, so yeah, welcome to our regular Thursday slot, which has been renamed from our Dev Corner to Shadows of the Past, where we recap and look back on. Uh, the previous episode. Sadly, though, we did mention on Twitter that uh, we, we would have Amber, aka Kado, with us, but due to family emergencies, she's not able to make it, and naturally, family comes first. So we're here tonight with Neil, aka Musa, and Mike, aka Eric, um, to look back on episode seven, which has, which was given the, uh, shall we say, slightly sarcastic title of Oops. Um, <laughs> Where lot, lot, <laughs> lots of things kind of went wrong for everyone. So, um, right for the Judas, jump straight into what was the, the main plotline and theme for the encounter: uh, Eric's abduction by the very sinister and secretive shrouded web. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, um, what did you make of Eric's introduction to well, what is the bad guys? <laughs> It's Fires of Athlean, so it was dark. It was um, like it was just it, it was a little bit violent. It was a little bit um, dark. It was just the general theme of I, I, I guess bad guys in general, anyway. Um, and the the whole having someone who is a little bit like I don't want to be interrupted. I don't like I don't like this sort of. To this sort of talk or anything like that like it's it, it's the the quintessential like hello i am a bad guy <laughs> but it was fun it was a lot of fun um and it was a lot it, uh, i mean had i thought a little bit more there could have been a little bit more that eric could have done um to try and escape his his fate in the clutches of these people. It's, it's hard to think that, isn't it, when you're locked in a box? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, but I mean, even in so far as um, being manacled, um, was I manacled to anything? And we've had private conversations about it, and turns out, no, I wasn't manacled to anything. But when you're in the situation and you're like, you, you hear manacles, you think, oh yeah, you're like you're manacled to something, so you won't be able to go anywhere um and so you don't ask the question all the time and that's something that me as a player need to think about when i'm dealing with ian because ian does leave those little little plot holes and plot, uh, not plot holes but those little escape methods he might actually leave them in and i need to ask the question rather than just assuming yeah it looks like from a gm perspective the, the... Um, though it, having watched it back whilst editing and uh, and stuff like that, um, it may come across that poor old Eric was kind of railroaded and didn't have much <laughs> chance. But, um, but he had got himself into a situation with a group of people that are a extremely ruthless. Um, the web covered man that he was talking to was certainly a man of authority that simply does. And given the the nature of the shrouded web, which will be explored. Um, throughout the campaign because they play a significant role in the politics and what's going on um, in Northern Athlon. Um, they don't tolerate uh, insolence, they don't tolerate in, in, uh, interruptions, which is why when you turn around to Eric and said, interrupt me again and you lose a hand, um, that's quite a mild response as far as they're concerned because Eric was still in a position where he was potentially useful. Uh, but Eric's, Eric's whole journey from the encampment to um, the, from Garrick and the others to where uh, Timmy, aka Leoric, finally took him was there were there were opportunities along the way. Um, some that you missed. Um, I, I certainly was putting Eric in a position where he was going to get. That was it. It was once you were captured. That was it. It was all over. Yeah. Um, you, for example, the first night you decided that. All right, I'm just going to go to sleep. Whereas you didn't. I'm sitting here going, "Yes, Timmy has to sleep at some point." As you said, the box was was secure, so I thought mm -hmm. I wasn't mm -hmm. able to get out. So yeah, yeah. 
But they said even though you said um, and you, you you certainly put yourself in a good position uh, position from my point of view when you refused to eat the drink juice laden fruit that you were given. Yeah. Um, so that's why they. I'm, I'm not going to say exactly what poison you were given that mm. was mushing around with your head in your sorcery mm. um, that gave you the the disadvantages uh, to your roles. But once you didn't take that and once you passed your first roll, that's why it went down from like minus eight, minus 10 to like minus two yeah. and, and stuff like that. So your sorcery, because you made the right decisions in that process, though you still had a little disadvantage because the situation you were in, your sorcery yeah. was still available. It wasn't until you finally met Bartold where he, and you willingly allowed him into your head where he locked your sorcery out, which is why your head felt weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, but at that point, it was uh, Eric was thinking to himself that it's too late. They have yeah. me. If I don't mm. let him in, he will he will probably force himself in, and that would be worse for me. Um, and so was, the long game. Yeah, he was kind of thinking of of like of I don't want to get injured here. I don't want to like. I don't want them to think that I'm going to resist. I, I like. Yeah. I'm going to go along with whatever they say so that I can survive. Yeah. and that's all he was thinking about at that point. Mm -hmm. And I said um, when you, the the situation with the manacle, that was very specific to state that your manacled hand and yeah. foot. I didn't. I specifically didn't state because I wanted to give you that opportunity to attempt to try and crawl out the back of the tent. Yeah. I left you in the tent alone. Yeah. Um, Though obviously this camp is guarded, and you may not have got somewhere, but at least you would have had that opportunity to to go. Because yeah. uh, and that also shows from a, a cut, like from a, a narrative perspective as well that though the traded web that you find yourself in the clutches are, and no one knows very well having encountered them throughout mm -hmm. all the campaigns, they are very efficient and very skilled and very ruthless. They still make mistakes. They're still human beings, um, or Doshi uh, or. <laughs> Hey. Or Ariavar, or whatever. They're they're, yeah. they're still mortal. They're they're not in. They're not totally infallible. Um, they're very good at what they do, but they're not above mistakes. Um, and I was very conscious to allow you the opportunity to at least have a, the opportunity to escape, rather than just go right. That's the end of Eric. Yeah. Um, it came it played it came across very well. And yeah. in the end of the day, you were also very unlucky um, because a lot of the opposed checks. I just yeah. rolled really well, mate. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> it's how it works. It is what happens. Like, if yeah. if an opposed check comes up as the enemy gets the advantage, then mm. there's not a lot you can do at that point. Yeah. So, there's a there's opposed strength checks against um, uh, Timmy slash Leoric. Mm. I didn't roll below a 17 on them on the yeah. dice. So it's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Sorry, Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it that, that's what happens. It's down yeah. to luck. luck. Uh, as much as skill, yeah, so, yeah. There are there are a couple of other things you you, you could have done, obviously, um, with your background and the way that sorcery works. I'm going to save the mechanics of sorcery for um, a, a new show that will be or will resurrect the dev corner on its own. Yeah. So we're not talking constantly about mechanics. Mm. Um, but when the box was open, you could still could have potentially used your sorcery to influence his mind to charm him because charm person is only a level one spell. That's easy yeah. enough for you as a sorcerer to attempt to replicate and that would have made things easier and i'm saying again just charming me charm it mike come yeah. on <laughs> try to yeah, get inside so get inside the guy's head it kind um, of didn't didn't twig for me at that moment yeah. um because I, I was thinking of the physical ways i could i could escape rather than yeah. the uh like the manipulative ways that i could escape yeah. um so yeah it's it you, the problem uh, the problem is when you're when you're in that situation, mm. even in a role play standpoint, you kind of like get one tracked. Like, yeah. oh, this wooden this wooden panel is is a little bit loose. Let's see if mm. I can get it, get it open. Can I can I jiggle it open again later on? That sort of thing. Like it, like it, you kind of railroad your own mind sometimes. Mm. Um, and I find that especially um, it's it's one of one of the things that that I struggle with, I get railroaded very quickly and very easily. Yeah. Um, right. And I think of think of the simple way or not the simple way, but the way that I've tried to get out, can it work again? Yeah. And then when it doesn't, I kind of forget about certain things that I can or can't do. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, like, yeah, charming him probably would have been the best option. 
for me mm -hmm. um, yeah. because of the bonuses and all that sort of stuff yeah. to, to my stuff. So yeah, and and the, the little hooks that were inside your inside your box were were there obviously there for a reason because um, yeah. during one of the test campaigns before before you joined us that they're there to carry certain things that they don't want moving around because yeah. um, obviously Gar as has kind of been figured out now Garrick and Oleg are smugglers yeah um so <laughs> so and you are you you are currently you were I am placed in one of their smuggling slots um <laughs> yeah. and those little those little hooks were there to attempt to give you an opportunity to try and wiggle your way or loosen your binds See, that, and stuff that's, like that. that's what i thought but 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 you uh, the whole point of you said i was bound in these furs so i yeah. thought i can't reach them to get to to wiggle the way out yeah because and that so they, they, they 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 were directly in front of you but there was nothing um, you, you could have for example to try to wiggle around in the furs get your hands underneath it and there was uh, there were options um as you said uh, sometimes and I do it myself uh, a lot. Is you get quite blinkered and and yeah. tunnel vision and in, in the way of doing things. Um, and with a sorcerer, when she can kind of do anything. Yeah. Um, you, but, yeah. Uh, like that's the thing. Like a sorcerer can pretty much do anything with their magic. And so yeah. uh, the whole bringing the air in and trying to blast it out to try and like yeah. to try and do that. Like that. That was just a a whole thing of. Okay, so I should be able to, in theory, create enough force to open this box up yeah. with sorcery, and and then you kind of think, okay, so what else can I do with sorcery? And you go, ah, uh, yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... And so you kind of forget some of the simpler things that you can do with it, um, mm -hmm. like yeah. uh, like like charming a person, for instance, like yeah. like like you said. Like I completely forgot that I could charm a person. I I completely forgot that I could enter another person's mind, like Bartol mm. did to me, yeah. because I complete it just didn't figure in my mind at that time. Because I'm thinking yeah. of lots of other ways that I could possibly do this, like turning something into something else, for instance, was something that went through my head, um, which is a much more complicated way of doing it. So, yeah, like. Um, Rather than just going, okay, Timmy, come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, for the Sorry. sake of, yeah, Car Carol, I was going to say, I just like the full circle of it, of the fact that you sold Bird Bartold out oh. and then you got bundled into a wagon and taken to Bartold. Yeah. It was interesting, it was, that one. It was simple, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And not and and being taken for not what we originally thought it was going to be either. Because yeah. we as players thought, oh yeah, I've dropped myself in it because I've talked about sorcery. Um, that was part of it because um, you presented a big flag over your head. So oh, yeah, ob obviously, um, but it was more <laughs> about the fact that I knew what was going on, or I at least seemed to know what was going on, and so they decided to bring me so that they could go okay so what do you know <laughs> it's like um <laughs> actually bluffing the entire time cool yeah. uh, that got me in trouble more than me painting it, a massive sign over my head <laughs> yeah it, it certainly did the suggestion that you knew what the target was of the mm. of, of the raid and you potentially knew if she uh, she had escaped or if she yeah. was alive or dead or whatever um that's the reason why they took you uh, the, the the fact that you're a sorcerer yeah. is just Good business, uh, but what we need in the day, as far as uh, Timmy slash Leoric was concerned, um, I had information uh, that yeah, you had, you had information that his superiors certainly would want to hear, yeah. um, and they prefer live subjects to torture. Uh, I mean, uh, question. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Qu qu question. <laughs> yeah, to, to question um, rather than just hearsay from relative certain agents. So that's why Timmy took you in the end of the day. Um, and from a narrative point of view, even though we mentioned on the stream uh, that right, Eric's now an NPC, having discussed it with Mike, um, Eric's going to have his own one-on-one -on -one little sideshow adventure, which will fit into our schedule somewhere. Uh, Mike and I will sit down and discuss it, and we will follow Eric's journey through within the hands of the Shrouded Web and um, again, from a narrative point of view, it was good that you were there and there was certain information that the viewers could 
pick up on on overall plot about um, the fact that they were looking for Saren and stuff. Obviously, something that main players have no idea about um, and yep. why. So it just helps build little puzzle pieces. So we're not other constantly... than Kader, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Caden knew, knew about Saran, but again, nobody knows why they were after Saran know, in the end yeah, of the day. Um, and like I said, your little one on one adventure will help build little pieces of the jigsaw puzzle rather than the adventure always being focused on the party. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the party, we'll shift quickly over to Musa um, and, the knockers. and discuss. And discuss, yes, um, great knockers and uh, how difficult it is to uh, cross a river <laughs> with a Dex 19. I mean, that, that's why on this on the return journey, I knew it was going to be difficult, but I was like, no, damn it. In Moose's head, he's like, I am a graceful bitch. Oh, I can get across this river. I was just so lucky the first time. That girl put me off. She's lucky she didn't get an arrow in the face. And then I fall flat on my face continually for approximately, in rounds, approximately 20, 30 seconds. Yep. Just a horrible situation, which beautiful. is only going to get better when that little girl's dead. <laughs> uh, we'll slowly turn him over to the side of evil. <laughs> so, yeah, um, on a whole, um, how, did you, how did you find uh, your adventures in Renford, uh, Neil? They were interesting, um, just because, I mean, knockers never get old, right? <laughs> that, I mean, I played it as I was trying to be naive, but, you know, it, were, it, did, turn, <laughs> turn into a, it did turn into a little bit like Carry On Renford. But, um, <laughs> it, 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 it certainly did feel that way, and for the sake of our American viewers, Carry On is like a, a 1960s, 1970s like um, comedy film show type thing. Yeah. With very crass humour. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, I mean, I was pretty close to wrecking that little girl. I mean, honestly, there was... I'd literally typed into um, Roll20, the command to roll for attack, and I'd hovered my finger over the enter button a few times. Uh, Gemma certainly agrees with you in chat, that's for sure. Yeah, Gemma, <laughs> yeah. Gemma, Gemma agreed at the time as well. Um, and me personally, I agree, but Musa just couldn't bring himself to do it, unfortunately. Yeah. Don't, don't worry, we'll, 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 we'll get there. I, I, I know what, I mean, I was going to say, I know I'll kill someone. I know I'll hit someone with an arrow at some point. Oh, at some point, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, okay. it's only... It's only it's it's only been two years, and you're still trying to work on it. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, every time I roll a dice, it's to very difficult to believe I'll get above ten. To be fair, you did well against the bear, though. Yeah, that's true. You that's did well true. against the bear in the woods. That that that's was a really that's, good showcase. That's literally because there was no one else in the group there. Exactly. You just need to be by yourself, and then you can roll. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we want to happen? Yeah, yeah, no, so, <laughs> yeah. so maybe we need a Musa one-on-one show. The Adventures of Musa. <laughs> he gets arrested in every town he goes to. <laughs> for child murder. Little girls who laugh yeah. at him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Someone smiles, he kills them. It's a very short show. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was it was good overall. I did feel bad spoiling that that old old guy's grieving process, but you know, knockers are knockers, and if you've got a good one, you've got to be told. Yeah, yeah. They said that, like, regardless of the encounter, if players want to have fun, it's it's fine. Like I said, um, my my job as the the GM is just to role play the character, so they, they it was certainly funny. I uh, as a person, I was finding it amusing, um, but I did that. Dichotomy in me, right? Uh, yeah, Ian, I find it amusing, but no, this NPC certainly isn't finding these knocker <laughs> jokes. But I was just under the impression that, you know, should have been congratulated. That's why I said it before that one last time. Mm, that's an interesting one from Gemma. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gemma, um, uh, discussions have been had with Nick, who played Hunter. Um, it's not the last we'll see of Nick. Um, it may or may not be the last we see of Hunter. Um, he is dead, but um, 
uh, it's not the last we will see of Nick, um, and maybe not the last we will see of the Aram family or certain members of it. So, um, Nick will come back at some stage uh, when the, the narrative is right, um, either as Hunter or as somebody else. So, yes, Gemma. Um, we we will see Nick. Uh, we might not see Hunter, but we will see Nick again. It's a legend. I get I get to play with Nick again this time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had to miss out on that session, unfortunately. Oh, great, Emma. Uh, Gemma, cheers. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Not giving the DM ideas. <laughs> yes. I wasn't going to go. I, I wasn't going to go that far, but no. Uh, due to the nature of Hunter and and things that went on there. Um, yeah, we may see Hunter again as another form because Kada kindly sent his soul off to the. Eternal Voids of Karakos, uh, Darkos, sorry, um, uh, which is the Plane of Shadows. So, yeah, um, whether the party may further down the line appear, uh, discover a spectral hunter uh, looking for revenge, a little revenant, or um, I'm not going to spoil it for the players for when that day appears. Um, and I'm quite happy to bring Nick, Nick back to role play any infernal type of hunter. Um, <laughs> And let him uh, set him loose on the party um, for uh, a little bit of context. I'm I'm more than happy for players to play like NPC types. Uh, something that uh, uh, Mike may not know, but um, due to the narrative during one of uh, FOA's like first campaigns, uh, Neil played a doppelganger of himself for a month uh, without without the party <laughs> actually knowing <laughs> that, really what was cool. going on. So Neil did a really good job of that. So um, as a GM, I'm quite happy for uh, players to play MP NPC version or monstrous versions of themselves. That's really interesting, actually. <laughs> uh, it was good yeah. fun having stats that could just crush everything else and no one picked up on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said, uh, we, we were there and um, because the, the nature of the the creature that Neil was playing, the demon that Neil was playing, and I said, Mike, you met the Doppelgari um, mm. during a test campaign. Right? Neil played yeah. one of those for a yeah, month. Creatures. Um, <laughs> and I was constantly asking him to make performance checks to rep attempt to replicate um, Alacriel, whose his mm. character was at the time, skills. Um, and no one in the party picked up that I was constantly asking Neil to make performance checks, and he yeah. was rolling like 30. Uh, so no, 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 it, it was really good non-metagaming, I guess. But yeah. no one, no one, even out of character, asked Neil oh, really? what's going on. No, wow. <laughs> that's no go really. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So, so um, uh, another question for Gemma: Will what was wrong with the bear come back up again? Uh, yes. Um, from a, a mechanics point of view, the bear was uh, corrupted. It was infected with darkness. Kada is a shaman of Darakos, which is the great corruptor. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you will f you will see a fair number of corrupted creatures, or even in the case of the bear, which was possessed possessed creatures, um, the infernal spirit which had infected the bear and was on the hunt and prowl for um, various. <laughs> young children to eat uh, and, and souls to devour. So yeah, you will see lots of things like that again. Um, it's uh, uh, certainly a strong theme in FOA as far as monsters are concerned. Um, that's, why that's why I designed the Build a Better Demon Wizard. Uh, so you could pretty much take any creature in the world, stuff a demon inside of it um, and have fun. So yeah, um, and from a plot narrative point of view, um, whether that particular bear and what happened to it is extended and becomes part of the, the long-term plot. Again, I've got two players sat here, so I'm not going to answer that question. Uh, but um, yes, uh, it's certainly something you will see. Um, and Kader's uh, obviously got the ability to take control of people for a short period of time. Um, where that infernal spirit that took over the bear that killed Hunter came from, Nobody knows at the moment, um, and nobody went looking for it because sadly the only person that uh, was in a position to notice it uh, was too busy looking at um, Hunter's crushed head. Yeah, quite literally. 
yeah, um, and so, it, so, uh, from again to add a little bit of context because I want to obviously we're discussing it as well as answering questions. Um, um, that's a really good question. Uh, what do you mean by uh, uh, Gemma? What do you mean by magic limit? I think says limit, yeah, magic yeah, limit. I, uh, what can and can't be done with magic? Um, obviously, the, 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 uh, in FOA, we have two types of magic. Um, well, actually, we've got lots of different Very types technically. of magic. Um, <laughs> uh, we essentially have two types of magic. We've got um, what we have sorcery, which is uh, the limits of sorcery are pretty much um, your imagination um, and whether you get lucky enough to be able to harness your will and or whether your will is strong enough to attempt to manifest what you're attempting to discover. Uh, with sorcery, there are no limits. Um, but as Eric has discovered, um, sorcery comes with a lot of drawbacks, and there's the more um, traditional style of magic, as Bartold was telling him, where you're restricted to the spells that the gods have and restricted to the spells that um, uh, other people have created if you're an arcane caster or a divine caster, which is what we call lesser magic. So there's sorcery and lesser magic. Lesser magic is the traditional magic that everyone is aware of, um, with spell lists and stuff like that. Um, with, uh, lesser magic is a lot more stable. Um, and, and once you've mastered a spell, um, uh, for example, Kada uh, masters um, uh, spiritual healing or a mage masters magic missile. Um, once you've mastered that, then you're not going to have any problem casting it again. Sorcery has that slight problem with it's always going to be a, you're, yeah, you're always contesting with the universe to attempt to manipulate it, manipulate it as you as you desire. Um, and the universe is a fickle one, uh, a fickle thing that doesn't like being played around with. So, for, um, for instance, with my um, uh, with my character had um, the spell Mage Hand as a cantrip, um, but. If I want to form a mage hand as a sorcerer, I have to roll every single time. Yeah. I have to make that roll every single time. I have to make that check every single mm -hmm. time to see if I can actually do it every single time. Whereas once I have the cantrip for mage hand, that's it. It's done. Mm -hmm. I, I can cast it whenever I want at will. Mm -hmm. And um, what can happen is that it the checks can be easier once you once you've learn how to do the spell a little bit better but other than that the, 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 the limit of the use of a spell for example if Kada wanted to use um her uh summon dark spirit which would allow her to possess someone for a short period of time what she did with um mortem in the tent then uh like I said, the, the limit is your imagination and what and how you want to put that spell to use that's no different than any any d20 system whether it be magic missile or shield or um, teleportation or polymorph, um, it's completely down to the caster to try and find a way to um, utilize the spell. So there's no limit to, obviously the, the GM uh, has to place some kind of authenticity and realism into what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, but some spells are very straightforward in what you're gonna do, cure wounds and cure like wounds or spiritual healing and stuff, um, it's kind of, does what it says on the tin, it heals you. So there's no, um, as far as limit on the ability to cast spells, the way um, I, I'll kind of save that for a dev corner because FYE's magic system certainly works very different to everybody else's. But we have levels of spells. We don't have any level progression. Um, so it's not like your first level and you're limited to first level spells or your th fifth level and then you're limited to third level spells and below. Um, magic in FOA is very different. Um, and the way that you use or utilize spells that can be cast at higher levels, etc. Um, our level system is just there to act as a mechanic, not as a um, limit. A, a limit. Um, and yeah, some spells are limited in their ability, their, their power, but that was just put into the game for game balance to stop you from being a level one mage, for example, discovering and being lucky enough to um, learn fireball and then trying to cast fireball at ninth level. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're, uh, much, like every, much like everything, there are checks and balances. But really good question, Gemma. Um, 
So uh, with sorcery, uh, what can and can't be done? Um, well, pretty much nothing can't be done. Um, you just have to uh, be lucky enough and, and fortunate enough to, to pull it off. Uh, with magic, you're kind of, with lesser magic, you're restricted to um, what the spells are capable of doing. <laughs> um yeah um obviously um there is uh not so much in the initial release but um there are there is an entire uh well the um because foa is a 5e system uh, or 5e open game license system so yes we do have spells like wish which literally do alter reality mm -hmm. um in, as a casco and obviously teleport is a form of um temporal uh, play, but we do also have a class that will be coming in the first of our expansions, which is the Age of Arcana, which is called the Chronomancer, which will have an entire spell list dedicated to screwing around when playing about with time. Yay! <laughs> uh, <and laughs> I'm incredibly interested in, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah and, a, and a spell list, um, which I'm quite happy to use on players uh, before they're allowed to use it. <laughs> but that's, my, that's my prerogative as the GM to have stuff that they don't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, um, there are spells that play around with time. So, um, there in the initial release, we've got uh, four um, schools of magic. The Age of Arcana will add an additional three or four schools of magic to it, expanding uh, arcane magic um, as well. But uh, we're more focused on the core rules, the core companions, which will have. Uh, the obviously the the maiden obviously we've got not just schools of magic but all the different faiths as well. Um, so we've got a lot of magic users and they've all got unique spells. So it's not a lot of overlap like you know the D twenty systems where everyone's got similar spell lists. So everyone's got their own unique approach and style of magic. Um, but we've had you guys. <laughs> the whole point of this was for me to talk to you guys and listen to you. Yep. Uh, good questions, though, Jen. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, Musa, uh, talk us through uh, the party's uh, adventures in uh, Renford. Uh, give us a well, I mean, we had a good breakfast. Breakfast was good. <laughs> I mean, we had Taylor's walk of shame after ruining <laughs> her bedroom. I mean, that's always good. That that the the the, the morning after the night before oh, is always a, a good scene to play out. Um, it, I mean, a lot of it just revolves around that fucking river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, as, and, and for the sake of those that have been Not it killed me, because, you know, I don't die in this, but um, yeah. <laughs> the environment has caused more damage in every single edition of this that I've played than <laughs> anything else. Literally, you put a, look, there's a rickety old bridge, there's a bit of a climb down, there's a gorge we need to cross, and I'm already going... We're losing someone here. Don't, and it's, it's don't, away. Don't, because I still remember my very first character, my Storm Knight. Uh, not Storm Knight, sorry. Um, that was your uh, second character. Your yeah. Dread Knight was your second my character. Dread yeah, my Was it second character? Yeah, because your first character lasted two hours. Oh, yeah, that was right. Yeah, because I decided <laughs> to stay behind. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, my, my first ever character that died instantly on the first session um and then my second character the dreadnought just I, I i don't know the it wasn't even enemies it was literally not even enemies it was the environment itself just yeah, not even under any stress not under yeah. any sort of duress or pressure no not at all i was climbing i like climbing a rock face yeah climbing a rock yeah. face with a, with a rope so I've been, I've been too many times to argue with you it happens all the time Exactly. It's like I don't believe there's any explorers left in the entire world. <laughs> no, like no I, on the mountains. I am more worried about the environment killing me than I am the enemies killing me. <laughs> it's got to that stage now. <laughs> it's even to the point where you're thinking, I roll a one on a mountain and I'm, I'm dead. I'm, yep. I'm going all the way down to the bottom of this. Yep. I'm going to turn myself to someone else. And you think, wait. Then if yep. they roll a one, they're dragging me to their oh exactly. no. Exactly, like like they're, they're gonna they're gonna reach out, get their dexterity check, and pull me down with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I need to do is climb as far away from these people as possible. They're gonna kill oh, me. 
flattest land possible with no trees, no grass, no nothing. Literally, I'm going to find the of the Netherlands. <laughs> exactly. In, in Athlene, and then I'm going to start my own little flower farm. And every Tuesday, you can watch me plant some flowers. We'll play some Stardew Valley. Eric, <laughs> if, he, if he ever escapes or survives this, he will come and join you. Yeah. <laughs> tell stories of that, that one time we couldn't cross a river. Oh, it was funny though. It yeah. was funny. It, 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 it certainly was funny, and I, I, I certainly enjoyed trying to, to to weave all your botched and screwed up dexterity checks into a narrative that made sense and yeah. turned it kind of, kind of more into like a Keystone's Cop style <laughs> effort to try and <laughs> get across the river. Yeah. Um, all, all I was hearing at that point was the Benny Hill theme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We were supposed to be low key. It's like, oh, we're supposed to be low key. There's literally everyone watching us, and I'm thinking about murdering a child. If if I could legally get away with it, I'd use the Benny Hill theme as a fight music. Yeah, that would pretty much get pretty much sum up the way the way that combat sometimes goes. But no, yeah, I I certainly enjoyed it. And again, from a narrative and a viewer's point of view, compared to the the somber and Sort of dark ending towards the previous episodes, having a really light-hearted and and humorous way to to sign off this week was a good contrast, as opposed to like all constantly being dark. Though I met FOA is a, a very dark and gritty world. I obviously want you guys to enjoy yourself and not just. End well, up. I mean, as you know, I'm not here next Monday, so normal service can be resumed. It can go all yep. dark, and there'll be no knockers. There'll be no. Yeah. I, I promise. Yeah. I, I, don't, I can't promise that. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you can't promise that from Musa. No. I say, isn't Ian playing Musa anyway? So, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, I'd say, uh, next week, um, I, I'm, I'm never keen on uh, proxying players as a DM because obviously I've got, uh, as a GM, sorry, because I've, I've obviously got all the NPCs and stuff to play. Um, and it doesn't, well, it doesn't come across well uh, when the GM is direct. I spoke to Musa. That's why I left Musa uh, in the farm with Cleanne rather than him coming out and oh, yeah. fight, fighting with Bear because otherwise it looks like it's one of the reasons why I rarely have NPCs that get involved in combat with groups um, because I know what's going on through the NPCs' heads and I always have to type of separate it. And it always just, to me, it's all, it always felt wrong when you've got a GM playing a character inside the party. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to avoid those scenarios as possible. So if we do have a proxy, then obviously now we've got our nice shiny character sheets, et cetera. Uh, once everyone finally sends them to me, um, then we can stick them somewhere and everybody can access them. So for example, if Moose is not around, then the rest of you can make a decision as to who's going to play Musa, or if Kader's not around, or um, then someone gets to proxy Kader so you can have some healing um, and stuff like that. So I'd, I'd rather deal with it that way than me Doing it. The only reason why I proxied Musa was for the discussion with about what to do with Eric, um, yeah. so that Neil had a voice, and I spoke to Neil at length about it. Um, I think it was like three messages. Right. Yeah. What? What? To, what? Musa's viewpoint was, and after that, Musa was just kind of floating around in the background, and I, I'd rather have it that way. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, so you can have a nice dark and gritty one next week, and then uh, and I'll come back. And then we'll have a nice night. Boys, some more knockers. Slide down a frozen river, never seen again. Yeah, next uh, next ne- next week could be interesting. I'm going to say uh, from my personal point of view, um, I'd like to try and save the next trip across the river when Neil's back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try and string things out there, and obviously we've got a new character to attempt to try and introduce to certainly do uh the party and see if they they will take him on um sure. again something something we've always done since day one of this campaign is keep it all organic and narrative driven so if the party turn around to mike and say bugger off um then well, oh great cheers. <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> but, bye <laughs> yeah. so it, it's totally in in the party's hands as a, a opposed to mine as a GM. Um, I just put the pieces on the map and, and they, they do whatever they want with it. Um, even from a, a, a campaign point of view, though 
we've seen with Eric and Saran and um, a few things. There are things going on in the background, but the main story is just following the players around. And at the moment, um, some of them have directions. Uh, I said Kate has already mentioned that she's keen to make her way to Talanor for certain reasons that mm -hmm. no one else is available. Obviously, Musa's got a cousin to eventually get around to finding um, and try and discover a way to find out where he is. Uh, Morton's got whatever Morton's got going on. Um, so there's lots of, there's obviously lots of little threads or you can just, as Neil said, with Morton. Yeah. <laughs> pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they said that uh, as players, you've all got stuff going on and we haven't kind of reached that point where you're this raving band of adventurers. You're still in a situation where you're not quite sure where you're going and what you're doing. Um, but that's for you as players to discuss and decide. Maybe uh, as a GM, I can uh, give Mike um, a little bit of background or a little plot hook to be able to, if his character is accepted, um, to not push, but give the party a little bit direction to be able to help build bonds and stuff. So we're just trying to do it all organically as opposed to like most campaigns and most systems you, you meet and um, then you're kind of forced together as a group. I don't want that. I don't want it to be as I feel contrived. Um, I just want the party to wander around in what they're doing. It's not like it certainly isn't me pushing a campaign or pushing an adventure. I'm just reacting each week to what the party do. That's why we're going to do a uh, Wednesday Sergio Valley stream as soon as I get some farmland. <laughs> maybe not Sergio Valley. Maybe it will, we'll start with building it. So we'll use something like yeah. The Sims. Yeah. I, I, I think it's more, um, uh, I mean, Rather than Stardew Valley, it could be Farmville instead, because you've got to build stuff in Farmville. So, I mean, I'll, I'll spend some time finding the perfect game for we'll think, it. We'll think about it. We'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a right. It was kind of a right two weeks ago when we had Neil and Amber on, and they started talking about Stardew Valley because I'd already had the conversation, and they said that they're, they're going to kill the people in the first farm that they meet. And I've already had the I'd already had the conversation with Nick about what his background was and how they were going to meet him and stuff and like that. that. And, and he's on and a I'm saying, going right, okay. So, um, Nick, by the way, they've just said they're going to come down to the farm and butcher you and your family. You went, oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> ah, that's not a bad one. Has popped on and said Age of Empires. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we could, um, yeah, you can attempt to build your own empire if you want. That's one of the good things about uh, FOAs. Uh, certainly, in the, the makeup and the, uh, the, the party that we have at the moment, they're not. I'm not pushing the party to be good guys. But obviously, Kada is involved with what is potentially the most evil entity, the evil, the most evil thing in the universe. Um, uh, Mortem's a character class that will spiral into insanity and um, depravity as he goes. Um, and Eric, so you uh, mean to say he's going to be? He's going to do more than just press gold coins into the girls' hands? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not going to be gold coins them. anymore, is it? The, the, the tattoos, the, the, the tattoos, the, the Forsaken, which is the, um, shall we say, berserker type class that um, Morton is playing. The tattoos do eventually drive you insane. They are very dark. They are very infernal in nature. Um, so we don't have a party of goody two shoes here. We might have a party that go, well, you know what? Um, I quite like I quite like the look of Talad. Uh, let's uh, take it over. Um, <laughs> let's have a coup. Let's let's forge your own little empire <laughs> in the world, as opposed to um, pe people going out. Oh, let's try and save the world. And they, if the party want to go in a direction where they decide, all right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna be evil, we're gonna be bad guys. Um, go for it. I, I'm quite happy to run that type of campaign. We're saving it if we can bend it to our will. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you want to carve your own. Little... That was me talking. That wasn't Musa. Yeah. If you if you if you want to carve carve out your own little niche and your own little empire in the world, then go for it. Um, and so you can start off with one little farm, and uh, as Harriet said, Age of Empires style it, build up your farm and turn it into a town, and then into a city, then into a nation and stuff like that. Yep, I'm absolutely I'm absolutely fine with that. I've no 
Um, that's one of the reasons why FOA, FOA has these um, the light dark feel to its character classes mm. um, and races. Uh, the, obviously, we've got our our normal races, our corrupted races, and the class is also very light and dark, depending on whether they're influenced by Darkos and the darkness or not. Because um, the darkness theme runs throughout it. They, for example, the Megas Infernus, the Ebon House, although they, though they can be used for good, uh, not all Megas Infernus uh, are in with the demons or in with infernal creatures, etc. Some of them use their powers to um, attempt to control demons. But at the end of the day, as a Megas Infernus, you are selling your soul off to some kind of infernal or dark or otherworldly entity. Um, and that in doing so kind of strips you of your humanity. I'm not keen, for example, I'm not keen in uh, 5e of warlocks being good guys. You've just sold your soul to a demon, for God's sake, to get your power. Why well, are you a good guy? Some of them do go with Celestials. Yeah, so, but they said you're still selling your soul. Uh, true, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so FOA does that, does certainly have that light, dark theme to it, and that's specifically designed to fit in with the FOA universe because mm. um, ultimately everything kind of spirals back to Darakos and uh, Danny Ahara, the Great Spirit in the Darkness, and the eternal cycle of creation and destruction and life and uh, light and dark. Um, and all you guys as adventurers and then gods and every, planets and worlds, etc. You're just stuck in the middle and you're just stuck in that endless cycle. Um, and as Saran has said to Kada, um, Darakos is just trying to break that cycle and free you all. <laughs> um, this is a very different perspective for a very particularly evil entity. It's not a cult, though. Uh, it's not a cult. Um, <laughs> but technically, he's not. Technically, he's not a god either. Uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> it is cultish then. Yeah, it is. cultish. He is a greater power. Um, Darakos and Daniahara do sit at the to at the top of the the pyramid, so to speak, as greater powers, and then each world has its own gods. I'm going to do a dev corner specifically on the design and makeup of the FOA universe so that future GMs can see that but even though like Athelene's my world and the campaign companion will have a lot of information of it so you can come in and sit in Athelene and create your own adventures but the campaign companion also has world building tools and everything you need to build your own pantheon and uh, help for building spell lists and stuff like that so that uh, they're all off so you can you've got all the tools necessary to build your own homebrew worlds and slot them seamlessly into the mechanics of the FOA universe. Mm. Lovely. Indeed. Um, so, uh, obviously, sadly, Moose is not going to be here next week. Um, so he's going to miss what's going on. Uh, we will have a new character potentially joining us, Eric. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, for those people that just tuned in a little bit later, um, this isn't going to be the last we see of Eric. Uh, Eric's going to have his own little solo show for a, a while whilst we um, discover what happens to Eric whilst he's in the hands of the, the shrouded web. Um, who will we call it It's um, Always Sunny in Shantan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. It's, it's Always Sunny in Shantan. Apart from during the winter when the sun doesn't come up. But yeah, it's, it's Always Sunny in Shantan. Uh, yeah, Eric. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Harry, Harry agrees. Perfect name. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric will have his own little show. So we, we, as we, we carry on, and eventually Eric may, so that the viewers get to see what happens to Eric, and obviously the players can do it. And if they met a game, it then Eric can just turn them into the pumpkins. Mm. <laughs> it's it, it, it's going to be interesting because I mean we obviously want to show off sorcery a bit more as well yeah um which is part of the plan um and with him having bartold there as well uh he may be able to learn how to progress his sorcery a little quicker than if he hadn't had a teacher there at all if pretty much yeah but if if bartold is still willing to actually teach him at all that's the thing yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll have to see because you did try and turn him in for a pouch full of gold. Mm, exactly. <laughs> That's pla platinum, platinum. Platinum, pouch full of platinum. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, pouch full of platinum. So you did, you, you did just sell the guy down the river and into slavery. 
Um, so we'll, we'll see if there is a relationship to build there. Um, mm. Obviously, because been, uh, these are all new plans, just something we discussed before the stream started. So as a GM, I have to go away and start writing this, and Mike and I have to come up with a, a time slot where we can fit it yeah. in. Where it's, I mean, I, and I mean, if you need if you need help writing it as well, I'm more than happy helping. As yeah, obviously, 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 you're going to have some in, input um, uh, from Eric's point of view. So we'll, we'll certainly have discussions as to um, what Eric's thoughts and feelings are at the moment. But uh, as opposed to what happens, obviously, I'm not going to discuss that with you because that's the whole po whole point of role playing. Um, it's a creative, interactive thing where you, as Eric, will have challenges placed in front of you or and yeah. make decisions and I as the GM will react to them. So I'll have an idea. I've already got ideas in my head about where or what Eric's may encounter on his long journey from where he was to mm. the, the shadowy city of Sharadell. Um And he still may want to escape. Yeah, like I say, you still may want to escape. And then you've got this wonderful story arc of Eric bimbling his way around uh, Shentine, dodging uh, Legion patrols of Legionnaires and Dread Knights and all sorts of other dark darker aspects, um, which will add a different story arc, and it will allow us to, as a show, have a another show that is running parallel for all intents and purposes with the primary story arc. Yep. So you, as viewers, will get to see um, Shentarn, uh, which is somewhere that most like southern adventurers tend to avoid. Um, uh, in all its glory and light. Um, and there may be plot lines because certain players, certainly uh, certain players from the main party certainly have story arcs that point them in that direction. Um, and we may be able to tie them all together uh, in a nice, neat little bullet, neat little bow. And you as uh, the viewers will be able to catch up on Eric's adventures and what Eric's doing. And you may encounter people that the other party see further down the line so that when they pop up in the main campaign you're going no 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 don't do it don't talk to them don't talk to them and the party um is, is yeah, even if it's just to name drop some some other yeah. people so that they come up in the in the there's some context yeah yeah so so let's say I'm, I'm i'm looking forward i really like the idea when mike and i just uh, mike and i discussed it because obviously mike had come up with a, a character to to replace it, and we, we were banging our heads against walls with yeah. spikes on and going, How do we introduce it? How do we put? Uh, um, there was a really good character, so go right. Um, so okay, how would about work, yeah? Would it work in the narrative yeah. point, and would it yeah. work with the party that as they yeah. are as, as it is? And yeah. it's like, uh, not really. So maybe something else. Instead. So yeah, and then then I thought the idea right because we I, I liked the dynamic of the way that we were bouncing from Eric to the party. Uh, but I didn't want Mike to be in a situation where he's stuck playing this Eric for a while and Eric's storyline parallel and not really being able to interact with the others. Because um, ultimately in a day is supposed to be a game where everybody's involved. So we decided to go with a little show for Eric for a while and may last like three or four episodes or he may fall off a cliff and <laughs> it'll last 10 minutes. Um, yep. Possible. <laughs> uh, oh, so, two nat 20s, that's all it takes. Yes. <laughs> Um, like I said, we're two natural ones, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll see see where Eric's little, little adventure is taken um, uh, for however long it is, and it will it will allow us to flesh out a storyline that is running parallel, and the viewers get to see what is going on in the background. Because uh, um, without spoilers for everybody else, uh, Eric's kind of found himself mixed up with a group of people that. May have a, or, may, or, or certainly do have a significant influence upon what is going on in the region. Um, the Shrouded Web have their sneaky little fingers in just about everybody's pie. Mm -hmm. Not just the behave. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just their fingers. They are <laughs> <laughs> <No>, filthy. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, so it'll, it'll give us um, a, a chance to explore things uh, in a way that other shows don't. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Mike, Mike, just, <laughs> just, just, just from experience, yeah. Mike, um, Mike, just, just from experience, don't try and escape from Shentine. 
or Sharadel, and escape over the mountains. From experience, it never works. It Not over it. the mountains, then. Right, okay, so go go <laughs> under the mountains? <laughs> no, I mean, once you're there, just don't leave. <laughs> you escape before getting there. You either escape before getting there, or you make yourself so powerful you leave by the front door. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with sorcery, possible. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> He's a level one sorcerer. He's already got enough power to escape by the front door. Technically, yes. He just needs an in-character reason for understanding that power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, should be fun. Should be a lot of fun, right. actually. Um, so, any more questions from the audience, aka Gemma? <laughs> <laughs> or Harriet as well. Or Harriet. Oh yeah, Harriet. Uh, Harriet, Harriet is here as well. And thank you for joining us, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's like, nope, uh, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah, so I said it'd be good for us to actually keep it to the planned hour. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, would the characters ever become involved with NPCs? Oh, as, as in, as rem in romantically, romantically or not? Uh, we, we, we don't know what's what's brewing between Mortem and Patricia, maybe, <laughs> you never know. Um, one of Neil's characters um, kind of uh, had knockers. Yeah, them knockers. Yeah. <laughs> so we, what was that? Rob apparently is going to send Patricia letters. Uh, <laughs> so that would be interesting, written in blood. <laughs> Car <laughs> yeah, probably. Carved car 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 on the back of his last enemy's skull. Um, I'm say, not sure. Wouldn't be his, other people's. <laughs> Not sure. Not sure how well it go down, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, there's there's no reason for party members not to get involved. Um, uh, Antonanko um, kind of had the buddings of a relationship with uh, Lieutenant Jenkins in the um, in one of our previous yes. test campaigns. Um, there was certainly a connection there. So, but could no, be, uh, could be a liability depending on the NPC. That is very true. Uh, yeah. That's true, um, and depending upon, like I said, depending on what the party get themselves mixed up in, um, if they start pushing certain buttons, um, uh, certain organizations in the world, some we've already mentioned, some that we haven't already mentioned, have no problem um, using people's family or emotional contacts as leverage, um, and that's always a good story arc to uh, muck around with players. Is right, you've. I asked you to write all these wonderful backgrounds and you've got um, uh, relatives and family in there and they're there for me to have fun with. And yep. Uh, yeah, the, the, as far as the world is concerned, yeah, the vast majority of major NPCs, people, uh, they met some of the, they've already met Garrick and Oleg who have played significant parts in campaigns throughout FOA's uh, development and cycle. There are other significant NPCs out there in the world that they'll meet. For example, there's already um, Silas Ashvale, who's the head of the Pathfinders, who will probably play a significant part down the lines, depending on where the party goes. So I've already got the vast majority of NPCs in the world already set and ready to go. Um, it just depends where the party go and who they want to meet. Um, so as far as NPC-wise is concerned, like a lot of them I'm just making up. Um, as we go along, uh, I certainly didn't have like uh, Martus and Patricia and uh, Dianora and everybody and Janice and stuff like that, that as set in stone because um, the odds of the party ever going to Renford, it being a small, tiny little town, it's not something that I I'd mapped out. So whenever the party are kind of pointed in a direction and we finish the session, I then go right where are they likely to go. Okay, they're heading to Renford. Let's quickly build the town, create. A few names and NPCs that they'll they'll encounter. But as a GM, you don't have to flesh them out fully. Um, you see what the party do as far as interaction is concerned, um, and obviously, uh, like Morton's kind of got his eye on Patricia, so that's something that I can flesh out and build upon as time as time goes on, depending on whether Morton does send send letters back, etc. Um, and that allows me as a GM to build an NPC, but. The majority of major NPCs, um, obviously, as first-level characters, they're not likely to meet the the big bads in the world um, because it would be a unfair on the party. Um, Unless and, you're Eric. 
Yeah. Uh, well, no, it'd still be very unfair on Eric as well. <laughs> uh, but he could, is the point. <laughs> uh, uh, the major towns uh, are already pre-created. Gemma, yeah. Uh, the small ones, uh, like Renford uh, and like the Aram Farm and stuff like that, I'm uh, just making up as I go along. And they fit into the canon. And um, as they're encountered and they play in, I just fit them into the storyline. Uh, one thing, I certainly for GM, other GMs and stuff like that, I don't want a world saturated with information. Um, the, our campaign companion gives you, for example, our map, which has uh, all, all the major cities, etc., on there, and those cities are fleshed out. Uh, but all the small towns and stuff, um, I just kind of make up as I go along, as the way as any GM does. Otherwise, I'm going to be spending 30 hours a day constantly writing uh plot um and with FOA there's a lot more for me to do so it's easier for me to just make things up as we go along which is why I keep constantly forgetting names because I suck at names uh yeah um so we 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 certainly have some ambient sounds but for some reason uh they play for the players uh and not uh on the stream which is something I noticed this week um, which is something I'm going to try and fix with uh, XSplit. So we are working on it because we shifted from uh, Roll20 because everybody was having lots of issues with it, with connectivity, et cetera, um, to Discord. Um, it, it, we just need a, a way of being able to insert... Uh, oh, sorry. Insert sound uh, via our Discord. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll answer that uh, Facebook message uh, afterwards, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So yeah, um, we, we, we will have signed. Um, we said, sadly, uh, we've, we're just, like I said, uh, I kind of got, uh, as far as managing the streams and stuff is concerned, dropped on my plate two weeks before we started. So uh, <laughs> I'm still learning as I go. Uh, but we will get there, and you will have a lot of, like I said, because uh, we use tabletop audio for a lot of our background music and stuff like that, and we've got, um, and I currently have a number of commissioned uh, specialized theme music for combat and individual characters uh, being worked off by a guy I met on Twitter, uh, which does uh, royalty-free stuff as well. So we've got some music. Music, does that make sense? Yeah. But we just have an issue of getting it on to you guys. So I'm, it's something I'm working on. Hopefully, we'll have fixed by Monday. I will play it on my phone every time I enter a different room in my house. <laughs> Not lying. Every time I get on the train, I'm going to play that music. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have looked at OBS, Gemma. Um, uh, I, as far as mechanics are concerned, um, I just seem to prefer XSplit. Um, it, it certainly gives us a lot of uh, freedom. I know a, a lot of other people use OBS. Uh, is a system I have looked at. Yeah. Because I'd say XSplit and uh, Streamlabs OBS are like the the two main go tos as far as streaming and stuff is concerned. But like I said, um, it, it, it's a piece of software I do have on my PC. Um, and when I get time, because obviously I've, I've, I've literally just finished. This is the next one. Going to make it at the end. So I might as well make it now. I literally just finished the uh, introduction pack. I'm just waiting, uh, introduction box set. Uh, I'm just waiting on, uh, I think it's like six pieces of art. Um, and then I can send it off to the printers. And then we've got our first physical introduction set, which will have all the basic rules of FOA along with uh, various um, like introductions to races and classes, not all the races, not all the classes. Um, and it only takes you up to a certain level, but it's, it's everything that you need to get started on um, FOA. Uh, sadly, I don't think uh, I might be able to. Yeah, OK. I should be able to quickly show you something. Uh, yeah, I should be able to show you the front cover. Um, yeah. It might randomly pop up large and spam everybody's faces. But, yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but hey. Um, so just yeah, a little so, yeah. preview is, is quite nice. <laughs> front cover and this is done by yeah there we go it landed on mike's face so right there we go but yeah um there's uh there's the front cover of the player's companion um 
which is done by our own Robert Presley. Um, and I said, that's what the, our, our player's companion will look like. Um, uh, yeah, it's good. And it's, it fits with FOA's theme of being a collection of old spell-like tones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, for example, the player's companion will be this reddish, dark, burgundy brown, the um, burgundy red even, sorry. Um, the game master, game master's companion being the, the darker and most sinister of the books will be black. <laughs> the um, campaign companion would be a nice, shiny, leathery white. Um, and the monstrous encyclopedia will be greenish, I think. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, that's the, a, a quick reveal for our, our front cover. Uh, again, done by our own Robert Presler. Um, and if you look at our About stuff, which I finally got around to editing today, um, all, all the details as to the art and stuff like that are, are down below. So we're, we're getting there. And it's like I said, content-wise, we're getting there. I'm just waiting on some uh, refined like sketchwork and artwork. And the introduction set is done. Um, and finally got a, an artist to work on a lot of the interior art for the Players' Companion um, on that. So that's essentially done as far as rules are concerned, as long as I stop fiddling with it. Uh, <laughs> but that's the way we go. Because obviously we've got a lot of time now between now and official release of the game. Um, and uh, so, so there may there may be a lot of variations from what you as viewers and the players experience now to the final end product, because there'll be a few things that I already know in there that I have to tweak and potentially remove or replace. Mm. Uh, but they're not mechanics, they're just like spells or skills and stuff like that, or talents and stuff like that. So it's nothing, nothing significant as far as structural is concerned. But that's, again, a conversation I want to try and have in uh, Dev Corner. I just have to figure out when in the weekly schedule it's going to fit. Okay, okay superb. Uh, any more questions? Uh, if not, then we will call it a day because we've done our hour or so. Community service. Here we go. Yeah, okay, we've done that. <laughs> I've done, done me hour now. Can I go home, sir? <laughs> 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 yeah, so detention's over. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the, the detention's over. Um, great to uh, have some interaction with Gemma uh, and mm -hmm. Harriet, and good to see uh, Rob managed to get himself on. Um, We'll be back on Monday, though keep an eye on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, um, and Facebook, where we'll make announcements in regards to the Kickstarter uh, um, and when you'll be able to sign up and follow us um, and the, the confirmed uh, launch date, which currently is penciled in for the 20th of August. Uh, I still have to decide whether it will run for 30 days or 60 days. Um, haven't decided on that yet, but the rest of it's pretty much done. Um, as well as when we will fit the uh, adventures of Eric the, Eric the Sorcerer in, um, into the schedule, and when the dev corner will come in, because I'm working on material as to be more specifically designed towards um, discussing FOA's mechanics um, in vague terms, because obviously I don't want to re uh, reveal everything, because otherwise yeah. there's no point in buying the book. Um, and uh, then we'll kick on from there. So great having everyone with us. Uh, thanks to Mike and Neil, uh, Eric and Musa uh, for yep. being with us. Thank you very much. And we shall see you all on Monday. Cheerio. Bye. Bye. And just quit. Okay.